millions of people have lost weight with personalized plans from Noom, like Evan, who can't stand salads and still lost 50 pounds. Salads generally for most people are the easy button, right? For me, that wasn't an option. I never really was a salad guy. That's just not who I am. But Noom worked for me. Get your personalized plan today at Noom.com. Real Noom user compensated to provide their story. In four weeks, the typical Noom user can expect to lose one to two pounds per week. Individual results may vary. Hey, it's Danny Pellegrino from Everything Iconic. Ready to upgrade your style game without blowing your budget? Check out Quince. They've got all the good stuff, shirts and polos, activewear and fine leather goods, all at 50 to 80% less than other high-end brands. And the best part? They're all about safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get that luxury vibe without the luxury price tag. Hit up quince.com slash upgrade for free shipping and 365-day returns on your next order. That's quince.com slash upgrade. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Kilowatt. My name is Bodie, and I am your host, and we have a fairly slow news week this week, so um, the actual news portion of the show is going to be quite short. However, we were supposed to have Allison, not Allison, I'm sorry, I was just working on some stuff for Allison Sheridan and the Podfeet Network. If you want to listen to that stuff, uh, go to podfeet.com and do a search. I was literally just recording before I started recording this, so sorry about that. Jessica Kirsch, my other friend, uh, was supposed to be on the show this week, but then some things started happening at SpaceX, and since that's how Jessica, you know, makes her money is by covering SpaceX, she kind of had to bail out and go cover SpaceX, which is totally fine. And we're going to try to have her back on in January, and you know, if something presents itself before then, maybe in December we can have her back on then, but. I know I promised her last week, um, unfortunately, you know, SpaceX is going to SpaceX. So I totally understand why she needed to cover that. All right, let's jump into the news here. Lucid Motors is teaming up with Bank of America for their lending and financial services. It's going to be their preferred lender, Bank of America. I'm not sure if that's happy news for Lucid 17,000 reservation holders or not, but it's news just the same. While we're on the topic of Lucid Motors, they received a subpoena from the Securities and Exchange Commission, the SEC here in the U.S., for their $24 billion merger with Blank Check or SPAC or Special Purpose Acquisition Company, Churchill Capital. Now, if you don't know what a Blank Check company or a SPAC is, It's basically a stock that's traded in hopes that a real company will someday merge with it. And when I say real company, we're talking about, you know, the Fiskers, the Lucids, and the Nicolas in terms of the EV world. And the Lordstown Motors, for that matter. Anyway, back to the subpoena. It's in relation to certain projections and statements Lucid or Churchill Capital made during the acquisition or prior to the acquisition sometime between the the time when they announced that they were going to do the merger and when the merger was complete. I'll update you as we get more information on this. At this point, we don't really have a lot of information. 
So a lot of people have sent me this link, um, and it's more than likely because I'm a firefighter and I do this podcast. But Rosenbauer, it's a company that makes fire trucks. They actually built the first electric fire truck, or at least the first demo electric fire truck. Truck. It's not actually operating anywhere as far as I know. Um, kind of a side note, I talked to a Rosenbauer representative, and they told me that Rosenbauer only has one working prototype EV fire truck, and they've been showing it off all over the world. They just they just pack it up onto a boat and ship it across to Europe, and then they bring it back to the U.S. It's kind of a funny way of doing it. Anyway, um, that's not what we're here to talk about. We're here to talk about their new product, which is a firefighting appliance. So if you don't know, in the fire world, an appliance is anything that water flows through. That includes valves, adapters, humats, that kind of thing, although a humat is a valve. If you don't know what these things are, look them up if you're interested. I'm not going to explain them here. Anyway, Rosenbauer's new appliance is a tool that will help firefighters put out battery fires on EVs, which is really cool, right? Um, so let me go through this. Uh, it's It comes in two different pieces. We don't actually have a name for this thing, so you'll have to forgive me. But it comes in two different pieces. It's the extinguishing unit, which is the piece that goes between the ground and the battery. And connected to the extinguishing unit are some hose lines. I don't know exactly how big they are, but they look to be about three different hose lines that are connected. Proprietary hose lines, not something that you would normally find on a fire truck. And then there is a lance that will poke when you've triggered it. It'll poke through the battery pack and then flood it with water. So that's the first piece. And then you have the operating unit, which is this little control uh, piece that you can operate this appliance with 25 feet away. So um, if that's confusing, I apologize. When you're ready to flow water, you use the operating unit to activate that that uh, lance that I told you about, and then it will flood the battery with water and keep the cells cool. Now, if the battery's not on its wheels, there is a way to attach it when it's on its side um, or when it's upside down, but I will be 100% honest with you. <laughs> the description that it, that was given for attaching this thing does not leave me with high hope that it's actually going to stay attached to the car when you're flowing water through it. But here are my issues. I've got a few issues with this announcement. Number one, and I, <laughs> this is my own bias, I guess, but number one, first and foremost, I don't like Rosenbauer as a company. We have a Rosenbauer truck. It is awful. And instead of them uh, uh, taking care of the problem, which was clearly uh, a problem when they shipped it to us. Uh, they basically hem and hawed and delayed and delayed and delayed. And we ended up paying a lot of money to have something fixed. And it's not fixed, by the way. It, it's still broken. So I'm not a fan of Rosenbauer. Nobody I work with or nobody that I work with that works on that truck is a fan of Rosenbauer, first and foremost. But that, there, there's my bias right there. Um, beyond that, there's no videos of this thing working, so I didn't get a good idea of how it works. There's one picture, and it shows like a floor jack lifting the car up a little bit so that you can put this uh, extinguishing unit underneath the car. Your typical fire engine does not carry a floor jack. There may be a department out there that has a floor jack on their truck, but in general, that's not something that you carry on your truck. Second is I'm not sure how well a floor jack can withstand direct flame impingement from a battery fire. It seems like um, 
that's going to damage the floor jack over time. There's like seals and hydraulic fluid in there. Um, that could be a problematic for the seals and hydraulic fluid. And you'd be replacing a floor jack constantly. I don't remember if I'm third or fourth. So I'm going to say third. <laughs> All right. Um, because of the radiant heat from the battery pack, would you be able to set not only the jack, but the extinguishing unit up without actually, you know, ruining your gear? My guess is probably, but I don't know for sure. Fourth, um, you can burn through a hose pretty easily with direct flame impingement. And I'm wondering how well Rosenbauer's, they look proprietary hoses will stand up to that. My guess is that it'll stand up to it a couple of times, and then after that, not so much. Rosenbauer did say that the device could be transported with the car to the tow yard while it's on the tow truck. Um, no fire department is going to give a tow truck company a piece of equipment that costs likely $20,000 plus. They're just not going to do it. It would disappear. I can, however, see that the tow companies might purchase this for themselves to help pre prevent reignition in the yard. They would need some sort of pump and water supply to hook up to. But uh, as far as a fire department letting go of a piece of equipment that's very valuable and letting the tow truck driver take it with them on the hopes that they might get it back later, that's not going to happen. And then uh, my final thought on this is that this looks very sizable. It looks it looks large. And even though fire trucks look like they have a lot of uh, space to store equipment, as it is right now, almost every compartment is full of equipment already. So I don't know where you would store it. I'm not saying that this is a bad product or anything because obviously I haven't seen it, but I do have some concerns for sure. All right, before we get to our Tesla news, I just wanted to make sure everybody knew that my wife was vacuuming outside the door. Let me be real quiet. You can hear her. Can you hear it? I don't know if you can hear it or not. Anyway, so, so that's happening. Um, I want to tell you about how you could support the show. There's two ways, really, is you continue listening to the free feed, which has advertisements on it, or you go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt or support kilowatt.com. And uh, you pledge $1 and you get the show ad-free. You get access to the Kilowatt Slack. And then you also get a thank you letter from me uh, with some stickers and stuff. Right now, we're in the middle of re redesigning the logo. So um, I haven't sent out the thank you cards, but I do know who I need to send them to. <laughs> um, as soon as I get the new logo done, I will send out the stickers and, and everything will be great. Uh, right now, I'm just very busy with a bunch of stuff, but I, I owe you, even if you stop pledging, I will still send you your reward. I'm not sure <laughs> if I did a good job selling the Patreon or not. So just go to patreon.com forward slash kilowatt and, and take a peek, see if it's something you're interested in. All right, let's get into our Tesla news. In 2019, we talked about Walmart suing Tesla over a few fires that occurred on uh, the solar panels that happened to be installed on the Walmart stores, installed by Solar City at the time, but then Tesla took them over. The issue was largely due to a legacy part. And get this, this is so interesting. The, um, the code name that Tesla gave to addressing, uh, replacing this legacy part that caught started causing fires was called project titan now i don't know if tesla was putting you know getting a little inside dig in at apple over their electric car self-driving efforts which is also called project titan um yeah 
I thought that was funny. Anyway, Stephen Hanks, a former Tesla field quality manager, filed a whistle complainer, whistleblower complaint, excuse me, uh, stating the issue was not just with the Walmart installations, but it also affected 60,000 residential customers and 500 government and commercial customers. So that's, that's, that's a lot of people. And when Hanks notified the higher-ups at Tesla, he recommended telling everybody that, hey, we need to shut down your systems until they can be fixed. Instead, Tesla told customers that they were doing routine maintenance on the on their systems, and then they stayed quiet about the fire risk. Now, I had Tesla Solar during this time, and honestly, I had a couple of times where Tesla reps came out, but I can't remember if they came out without me requesting them to come out. So uh, I cannot tell you whether or not I was a part of this. Uh, however, if I was, nobody told me. Hanks was fired in 2020, and he feels it is retaliation for raising the issue in the first place. The SEC is currently investigating this issue, and I'll update you as we know more. And of course, the SEC is the Security Exchange Commission. Um, moving on here. Did you know that Tesla will allow you to play video games on the main screen of your car while it's moving? Apparently, this is the case, and that's shocking to me. All you need to do is push a button that says you're the passenger, and you can play a game, and I think everybody can agree that this is a terrible idea. Even if the driver isn't playing the game, it's still a distraction, and the passenger shouldn't be playing. Uh, just because of where the, the screen's right there in the middle, how could you not look over? It's like Video games are exciting and fun to watch. Well, the National Highway Transportation Safety Administration agrees with me, and they are looking into this. Side note, Sierra came over tonight and notified me that they turned off FSD beta, at least temporarily, because they didn't really agree with some of its decision-making, and I'll let them go into that at some other point in time, but I thought that was interesting. Uh, Giga Shanghai is on track to produce 600,000 cars annually. This is based on Giga Shanghai producing at least 50,000 cars a month for the last three months. That is insane. I did not think Giga Shanghai was that busy. All right, we're getting close to the end here. Tesla has pushed out a new FSD beta 10.6. It's worth noting that Sierra and Brad shut off 10.5, not 10.6. The biggest thing with FSD beta 10.6, for some reason it's difficult to talk today, more difficult than normal. Uh, the biggest update is improved object detection. So that's cool. And then one last thing, a few months ago, or even a month ago, we talked about Hertz buying a bunch of Teslas to rent out. If you own a Tesla and you decide to take a trip and rent a Tesla from Hertz, well, you will eventually be able to load your Tesla profile settings into the rented Tesla. Hooray, hooray. Hey, it's Ryan Reynolds, and I'm here with Keith, co-star of my upcoming film, If, only in theaters May 17th. Do you want to tell people the big news? All right, I'll do it. Sign up now, and you'll get unlimited for $15 a month in six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan on us. MintMobile.com slash switch. Upfront payment of $45, equivalent to $15 per month. Unlimited over 40 gigabytes per month. Face lower speeds. Videos at 480p. Active Mint customers by 531.24 get six months of Paramount Plus Essential Plan. Auto renews after six months. Offer ends May 31st, 2024. Separate Paramount Plus registration required. Terms and conditions apply, if rated PG. Cool fact, a crocodile can't stick out its tongue. Also, you can get health insurance for a month or just under a year in some states. United Healthcare short-term insurance plans, underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, offer flexible, budget-friendly coverage for you. Learn more at uh1.com. 
Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Wow. Nice. Yeah. What you're hearing are the sounds of people everywhere putting on Bomba socks, underwear, and T-shirts made from absurdly soft materials that feel like plush clouds. Yeah, that plush. And the best part? For every item you purchase, Bombas donates another to someone facing homelessness. Bombas. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombas.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. That's bombas.com slash ACAST. Code ACAST. All right, everybody. That is it for news. But that's not the end of the show because Elon Musk was on stage at the Wall Street Journal event or a Wall Street Journal event talking to Joanna Stern. And I'm going to cut that interview up and present it to you as if it was news. So stand by for Joanna Stern and Elon. I want to start sure. with uh, talking about our world, the world we currently live in. We currently live in. Then I want to move to the future of the world and then uh, talk a little bit about your world. And so we'll start right here in Washington, D.C., where everyone is talking about the infrastructure plan and the bill and... Um, I wanted to ask you, you know, say tomorrow you get a phone call from Joe Biden and he says... <laughs> I think that's unlikely, but sure. <laughs> okay. You know, he, he just gives you a call and he says, you know, I haven't been talking a lot about Tesla lately, but, you know, what do you, what do you need from this bill? What are your needs? What do you answer him? Um, well, I, 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 to be, I mean, to be totally frank, I'm, I, I, I don't know if we... At least no, no one at Tesla has actually brought up whether they they care about this bill or not. I, I think if this bill happened or didn't happen, I, I, I don't know. We don't think about it at all, really. Okay. It, um, it might be better. Honestly, it might be better if the, if the bill doesn't pass. Because um, we've spent so much money, uh, you know, it's like the, 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 the federal budget deficit is insane. Um, you know, it's like $3 trillion federal uh, expenditures are $7 trillion. Uh, federal revenue is four trillion. That's a three trillion dollar uh, d- difference in. Uh, if this was a company, it'd be a three trillion dollar loss. So uh, I don't know if we should be adding to that loss. That seems pretty crazy. Um, something's got to give. You can't just spend uh, three trillion dollars more than you earn uh, every year and expect uh, you know don't expect something bad to happen. I, I think you know this is not good. Um, well, wait, Mitch McConnell is actually in fact, saying. In fact, if I may elaborate on that, the, the, the deficit is more than three trillion when you look at uh, the uh, future obligations. So it's uh, seven trillion of current expenditures, but the it's, it's much more than that if you look at future obligations for Social Security, Medicare, and, and, and so forth. So we're running this incredible deficit. I, I, someone's got to give. I, I I don't know. This, this can't keep going. Well, Mitch McConnell said something similar that it wasn't too, uh, not as uh, extreme as you, um, but it just, okay, so let's say his follow-up question is, okay, Elon, you don't think we need to spend anything on the infrastructure? If he says to you, what is the biggest improvement we can make to the U.S. infrastructure? What do you, what do you, what do you, what do you say? 
Uh, I, I think we, we generally could uh, have better airports, better highways, um, and uh, you know I think uh, that 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 especially in in cities that are congested, we've got to do something uh, to deal with the extreme traffic, uh, which I think is some combination of double decorating freeways um, and building tunnels. Um, but if, if we don't do something, um, we will be stuck in traffic for forever. Um, and uh, as autonomy vehicle, uh, autonomous vehicles come to the fore um, and it's, it's easier to drive without going through the pain of, of having to drive, to drive yourself, which, which is absolutely coming uh, and will be one of the biggest transformations uh, ever in human civilization. Um, there will be more cars on the road um, and the traffic will get much worse. And so we really need to do some combination of tunnels um, and, uh, or, or like I said, double decorating freeways. I'm not a big believer in, in flying cars. They're basically helicopters with wheels um, and people don't want uh, the, the skies to be swarming with helicopters. So um, it's, t- it's tunnels and double decorating freeways. Um, we don't have a traffic problem in suburbs. We have a traffic problem on freeways because the, they're, they're just too small and did not anticipate the size of the uh, urban environments that we currently experience. So, um, yeah, but I, I don't see a strong effort in this direction. So I should have explained this before uh, <laughs> I had the clip roll. But for those who don't live in the United States, uh, what they're talking about is the Build Back Better bill, which has a lot of kind of social safety net type things tied to it, as well as um, some infrastructure for electric vehicles. And they'll get into that as we go through this. Um, honestly, I, I think the bill should pass. But having said that, I do agree with Elon that the U.S. should not be able to operate in a deficit. I think that's bad for us. It increases inflation. U.S. states are not allowed to operate in a deficit. So it made make sense that the federal government shouldn't be allowed to either unless it's a absolute um, emergency. And I don't think we have anything in our country right now that constitutes an absolute emergency. But I do think that we need to improve our infrastructure, and that includes roads, bridges, but also like our utility infrastructure, like electricity and things like that. I think we need to bolster all that stuff. So our second clip is going to be about the role of government. Um, What should the role of government be, and what are Elon's thoughts on that? So let's go ahead and listen. Well, I want to come back to autonomous vehicles, but... Um, want to just stay a little bit more on the role of government. You said at this conference actually a year ago that you think government should really just be hands-off when it comes to innovation. Though with this bill, there is a lot of support for EVs, and it could be the, the biggest change that we've seen uh, throughout the country in terms of the infrastructure of EVs, and it, and it helps Tesla. What do you think the role of government should be? Um, I, I think the, the role of government should be that of like a referee, um, and, you know, like, uh, and, and, uh, but not a player on the field. Um, so, um, generally, you know, government should, I think, just try to get out of the way and, and not, uh, impede progress. I think we, there's a general problem, not just in the U.S., but in, in most countries where the rules and regulations keep, um, increasing every year. Uh, rules and regulations are immortal. 
they don't die. There's not a natural, occasionally you see some law with a sunset provision, but, but really otherwise the vast majority of rules and regulations uh, live forever. And so if more rules and regulations are applied every year and it just keeps growing and growing, eventually uh, it, it just it takes longer and longer and, and it's harder to do things. Um, and there's, there's not really um, an effective garbage collection system for removing rules and regulations. Um, and so the gradually the, the, this, this hardens the arteries of civilization um, where you're able to do less and less over time. Um, so I think government should be really trying hard to get rid of rules and regulations um, that perhaps had some merit at some point, but uh, don't have merit uh, currently. But there's very little effort in this direction. Um, this, this is a big problem. Again, I go back to I agree with a lot of the things that Elon is saying. However, I don't think that businesses should get carte blanche. Um, at one point in time, we had a system in the industrial age that was like that. And it was very bad for us long term. Like it was great. It made a lot of people money, but it was very bad for us as a country long term. And we're still dealing with a lot of that impact, especially environmentally. Um, a lot of wage problems, or excuse me, labor issues and disputes and mistreatment, that kind of thing. I don't think we should go back to that kind of a thing. But I don't think that's what Elon's saying necessarily. All right, in our next clip, Elon's going to stop answering a question about how he splits his time, and I cut that part out. And he goes back to the infrastructure. And I should let you know that the clips uh, in this segment of the show of Elon talking are quite long because him, he and Joanna Stern are having a conversation. And I couldn't figure out a way to cut them up in a way that, A, you would understand it when it was all said and done, and B, it wasn't just me like forcing my way into the conversation when you really don't want to hear from me, you want to hear from Elon. So having said that, let's listen to Elon. But, you know, just going back to that, that infrastructure bill for a second, um, the, um, cause someone has a criticism of Tesla is like, Hey, Tesla gets all these subsidies, but it's worth noting that for the, the vehicle purchase tax credit, the $7,500 Tesla stopped getting that like two years ago. So we've, uh, whereas, um, uh, Everyone else, I think, except for GM, still gets the $7,500 tax credit. So all of our, you know, sales this year and I think last year were, uh, had nothing to do with the, 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 the tax credit because we were no longer eligible because we'd made so many electric cars. Uh, Tesla's made roughly two thirds of all the electric cars in the United States. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure most people are aware of that. Um, so yeah, so Tesla's made basically twice as many electric vehicles as the rest of industry combined. Um, and we, we don't need the $7,500 tax credit. Um, I would say, honestly, I would just can this whole bill. Don't pass it. That's my recommendation. What, what about, what about the, the support, though, for the charging network? I mean, there are, there are parts of this bill. And, and, no? No. I mean, you know, do, do we need support for gas stations? Uh, we don't. So uh, there's, no, there's no need for, this, uh, for, for support for a charging network. I would delete it. Delete. <laughs> okay. All right. I'm literally, I'm literally saying get rid of all subsidies. And but also for oil and gas. If you think about also how this affects your competitors, is that is that impact how some of your view on this? Um, I mean, maybe they need it. I, I don't know, uh, but I I think just generally. Uh, I'm in favor of deleting subsidies. I mean, when we started Tesla, there were, there were no EV subsidies at all and gasoline was super cheap. 
uh, we did not anticipate any subsidies. Uh, that, that came later and, and that came, the, the $7,500 tax credit came as a result, not of Tesla activity, but of, of General Motors lobbying for it. Um, so, you know, um, I would just say, just, just delete them all. All right. But oh, there's, there's some other good things in this bill that some would argue. I mean, the, a lot of money earmarked for R and D. Would, would you want to put that towards something? No. Okay. All right. All right. We're going to move on from the bill because I think we get what uh, you're saying on it. In, in general, we, we should just, we, we, if we don't cut government spending, I, something really bad is going to happen. This is crazy. Our, our spending is so far in excess of revenue. It, it's insane. Um, but like you could zero out all billionaires in the, in the country. There's almost like anti-billionaire BS. Uh, well, uh, if, if you zeroed out all the billionaires, you still wouldn't solve the deficit. Okay. So again, I kind of agree with Elon and I, I don't a hundred percent agree with Elon. I do think that billionaires should be able to exist because saying that, uh, somebody should not be able to, to make as much money as humanly possible just doesn't sit right with me. That's just like saying, um, if you meet this social caste that you can't make over this amount of money, it, it doesn't make sense. So, and they're just going to figure out ways of hiding the money anyway. So because of that, uh, I don't see how eliminating billionaires is a thing. However, I will say that just because Elon and Tesla don't need the subsidies, that doesn't mean that other EV startups don't need the subsidies. And more important than the EV startups out there, like Tesla has been raising their prices like crazy lately. Now it's been a week or two since they've raised their prices recently, but what used to cost, you know, 48000 or $49,000 now costs over $60,000, and that's all within a year. And it's actually a shorter time frame than that, but that's all within 2021. So um, while Tesla might not need a, this Build Back Better bill, it might benefit many of their customers and might put it uh, the vehicle into a price where people can actually afford it again. Because right now it's it's quite high. All right, in our next clip, Joanne is going to ask Elon if he wants to take back the chairman of the board position. I'm going to shift away from government, come back to your world. Um, just just thinking about sort of how you juggle Tesla and SpaceX, and you've said along the way that. You know, the, the workload at Tesla is is quite a lot. Have you um, and and I know now you can uh, you could regain the the chairman position. Have you thought about uh, that? Have you thought about that? Have you thought about uh, your sort of your your title and your and your position there right now? I, I mean, it's interesting that these, these titles. Um, you, you know that there's there's actually only uh, uh, three legal t- three titles that, that actually mean anything for a corporation. Uh, it's pre- president, secretary, and treasurer. Um, and technically, they, they could be the same person. And all these other titles are just basically made up. So CEO is a made-up title. CFO is a made-up title. General counsel is a made-up title. Uh, it doesn't mean anything. That's a um, nice, I think a room of CEOs are, uh, how, how we feel about that. Yep. Yeah, it, it was like, if, obviously, just somebody's marketing experiment. Um, so... Uh, <laughs> So I guess I'll be more direct. I mean, are you considering stepping down as CEO? Would you would you transfer, be chairman, and think about being chief product officer? I mean, since CEO well, title I mean, doesn't matter anyway. Like, I, I changed my title to to techno king. Um, 
and, and by the way, this is a formal SEC filing. It's I'm legally a form, or whatever techno king. Um, I just did that as kind of like a joke because just just a joke that that these titles don't don't mean a lot. Um, you, you can see what what is actually legally, ne- legally necessary if you, if you fill out the form for uh, creating a C corp, and then you see it's president, treasurer, and secretary. They need a director too, um, but that's that's basically it. Um, and then all these other you know ch- chief. Uh, whatever officer are uh, basically just uh, made up. Is the Tesla bot in the running for any of these titles? <laughs> Not yet. Maybe in the future. Now we're going to talk about Tesla bot in the next clip, or Elon's going to talk. I'm not. <laughs> we is a loaded term in this case, but I do want to say um, I agree with Elon. I think titles are really dumb. Like. I get that you have to have some way of identifying who's in charge, but in general, I think people get way into the title and not enough into the, you know, the people supporting the person who has the title. So just having said that, um, I could go into more detail, but then it will get me mad because <laughs> I have a lot of thoughts on this kind of stuff. But anyway, uh, next, uh, next up, we're going to hear about Tesla bot. But, but speaking of the Tesla bot, I, I, I know you've talked about the importance of creating this bot for the future of AI. Tell me a little bit about where you're at with this project and uh, what we can expect uh, in the next coming months. Um, well, with the Tesla autopilot full self-driving, we're effectively, I think, creating the most uh, advanced practical AI for navigating the real world. Um, and you, you can always think of Tesla as like the world's biggest robot company um, or, or semi-sentient robot company. So then, so, you know, so we have, the car is kind of a robot on four wheels. And, and so then, well, you know, we could probably take that same technology and, and put it in a humanoid robot and have that robot be useful. Um, and, uh, you know, so, so essentially for, to, to have the humanoid part, we, we need to develop some custom, uh, actuators and sensors, um, and then essentially use the Tesla full self-driving or, or autopilot or just generally speaking real world navigation, uh, AI in, in the humanoid robot. And, um, I think this could be quite profound. Um, I don't know exactly when we will get we will get this right, but we will get it right. Um, and you've said also that it will solve some labor issues. I mean, what are some things that you envision this bot doing? Well, it, it has the potential to be a generalized substitute for human labor over time, and um, the economy, the foundation of the economy is labor. Um, I mean, capital equipment is essentially distilled labor, so. Um, I was talking to a friend of mine actually to say, you know, just like what, what, what should we optimize for? Um, and he, what he said was, um, gross profit per employee, uh, fully considered. So you got to include the supply chain in that. Um, the, the fundamental constraint is labor. There are not enough people. I can't emphasize this enough. There are not enough people. Um, and I think one of the biggest risks to civilization is, the low birth rate uh, uh, and the rapidly declining birth rate. Uh, it is, it is, and yet so many people, including smart people, think that there are too many people in the world and think that the population is growing out of control 
it's completely the opposite. Please look at the numbers. Uh, if people don't have more children, civilization is going to crumble. Mark my words. Is this why you have so many children? I'm trying to set a good example. <laughs> yeah. You know, got to practice what I preach. Um, I won't ask you to predict how many more children you're going to have tonight, but um, we're... I, I, Elon was so charming during this interview. Just that dork charm. He's exuding dork charm. Um, a couple of things on the Tesla bot here. Um, this is a super hard thing, and I wouldn't expect it anytime soon, because if it wasn't hard, then we would already have them by now. And by the way, I want one because I hate mopping, vacuuming, doing the dishes and the laundry. If if I had a Tesla bot that did those four things, oh, man, and dusting, but mostly the other four things. I don't mind dusting so much. Um, he did go into the low birth rate, which I did pass that information on to some family members because I would like some grandchildren. Um, in our next clip, this is going to be long in our next clip. Uh, she's going to give Elon 60 seconds, which she ends up giving him much more than 60 seconds when it's all said and done, but she's going to give Elon 60 seconds to talk about Cybertruck, Neuralink, and, uh, what's the other one? Starship. Sorry. I have handwritten notes so you can hear the paper crinkling in my hands. So let's go ahead and listen to that clip, which is our last one. So it's long, but it's the last one. All right. So I want to ask now a little bit farther out in the future into, into 2022. Um, and we can't get to all your future projects, but I thought a fun way to do this might be, I'm going to name some of the projects. I'm going to give you 60 seconds and you tell me what your plan is in 2022 to move that project along and what we can expect from it. But okay. 60 seconds, you only get 60 seconds. Okay. You going to do it? All right, here sure. we go. So the first one is, hold on, I think I know how to work this Apple Watch. All right, 60 seconds and Cybertruck. <laughs> Cybertruck. Uh, Cybertruck's going to be an incredible product. I think it's, it may, it may, it may be our, our best product ever. And I think it probably will be. Um, uh, it, it has a lot of new technology, so it's, it's a hard car to make. Um, uh, but it will be awesome. Uh, and, um, I think I've said before that, you know, we're aiming for volume production in, in 2023. Um, and I, I will provide a, a more detailed product update at the Tesla earnings call that, you know, uh, early next year. So, um, I, w I wish it could be sooner, but, but that's, that's most likely, uh, when it happens. Um, it'll be something really special, you know, like just one of those kind of rare products that happens once in a while. That's, that's really special. Um, okay. That was about 60 seconds. I don't know what's going on with my watch, but we're, we're, we're on Cybertruck. We're on, now we're on to Neuralink. Okay. Uh, okay. <laughs> yeah. So no, it, it, the big question is in 2022, how are you pushing that project along? What happens? So Neuralink, we, um, we, we have, uh, Neuralink's working well in, um, in monkeys. Um, and we were also do, doing, um, just a, a lot of testing um, and and just confirming that it's it's very safe and reliable and uh, and that it, the the Neuralink device can be removed safely. Um, people may have seen the uh, demo that we we, we published uh, earlier this year with the video of a monkey playing uh, the video game Pong uh, telepathically using the Neuralink in its in its uh, in its in its brain um, and. Uh, 
it, it's completely wireless, uh, charges inductively. But basically, the monkey looks completely normal and yet is playing a video game telepathically, um, which is, I think, quite quite profound. Um, we will have, uh, we, we hope to have this in our first humans, which will be uh, people that have um, severe spinal cord injuries, like tetraplegics, quadriplegics, uh, next year, uh, pending uh, FDA approval. And um, and I should say, our, our standards for implanting the device are substantially higher than than what the FDA requires, um, just as our standards for safety with Tesla are much higher than what uh, uh, the uh, U.S. government requires. Um, and I'll, I'll take a little more than 60 seconds. Yes, uh, I'm about to cut you off. Because I, I think there's, there's something that's, that's, I think, pretty cool. And, and I, I do want to say that I'm, I'm very, you know, emphasis on cautiously optimistic about this. I think... I think we have a chance with Neuralink of being able to restore uh, full body functionality to someone who has a spinal cord injury. Um, meaning, I think I think we have a chance. I emphasize a chance of being able to allow someone who um, cannot walk or use their arms uh, to be able to to walk again, okay. not naturally. Okay, um, I'm not going to cut that. I can't really cut you off when you're talking about that. So <laughs> it's, it's a super big deal, yeah. and I don't want to raise hopes uh, unreasonably, but but I'm increasingly convinced that that this can be done. All right. So the the last one is Starship. <laughs> sure. Because there's a lot so, happening in 2022 on Starship, right? Yes. Um, man, Starship is a hard, 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 hard project. Um, th- this is the the biggest rocket ever made. Um, it will have a thrust and, and mass of double that of a Saturn V, uh, which is the largest rocket to reach orbit, um, and is intended to be fully and rapidly reusable. This is a profound, um, if, if we are successful with this, which I, I think we will be, but I don't know if we'll be, be there in 2022. I hope so. Um, th- this is a profound revolution in access to orbit. Um, there has never been a fully reusable orbital launch vehicle. Um, this is the, this is the, this is the holy grail of of space technology. Um, it is the fundamental breakthrough that is necessary for humanity to become a spacefaring civilization. Um, you know, this, this 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 absorbs more of my mental energy than than probably any other single thing. Um, but but it is it is so preposterous it is so preposterously difficult um, that there are times where I wonder whether we can actually do this. Um, and if you had to summarize very quickly, what is so hard about it for just a normal person to understand? What is so hard about it? Well, this will take a lot more than sixty seconds. But, <laughs> <laughs> but now I'm so interested. <laughs> okay. Um, well. <laughs> oh no. Okay. So, okay. Man, um, I, I am overdue for, for doing a Starship update. Um, so, uh, we live on a planet where the gravity is, uh, actually very strong. Um, we actually live on the densest planet in the solar system. Um, our atmosphere is very thick. Um, and what this comes down to is that, uh, you know, a typical, uh, orbital rocket, rocket might be able to put about 2% of its liftoff mass uh, into orbit. 
Um, and then this is with smart people trying hard, uh, maybe two, two and a half percent. Um, then, um, and, and no rocket, to the best of my knowledge, has ever gotten above 4% of its liftoff mass to orbit. Uh, so now in order to make a rocket fully, fully reusable, you've, you've got to um, basically create a rocket that can do about 4%, if not more than 4% of its liftoff mass to orbit, which hasn't happened before. So that means you, you have to have basically A pluses across the board, um, incredibly efficient engines, incredibly efficient structure. Um, um, you, you do need scale because there are some efficiencies of scale. That's why part of why Starship is so is so gigantic. Um, because, for example, the, the the brain of the rocket uh, really weighs about the same if it's a small rocket or a big rocket. Um, so with a big rocket, you get to have the uh, avionics be um, basically round down to zero uh, percent or will be inconsequential in the mass of the vehicle. Um, uh, yeah. Um, then you need to okay. make an incredibly light heat shield. Um, and, and just there's so many things that need to be done to have both the booster and the uh, the upper stage or ship be, be reusable. Um, insanely difficult. It's not like like many super smart people have tried to do this before and, and no one has succeeded. And most of the time they've just given up partway through. Um, but, but if full and rapid reusability can be achieved, it reduces the cost of access to orbit by um, a factor of a hundred or more. Um, so so it, more it's just like go. eventually. Yeah, it's like like an aircraft. Imagine if 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 an aircraft or a car or any any form of transport was not reusable. Um, imagine if you had to buy a new plane every time you flew. That would be make air flight insanely expensive. Or, or a car. Um, if you had to get a new car every time you drove somewhere, that would be unbelievably expensive as opposed to simply refueling it. So we've got to get rockets to the point where we simply refuel the rocket and we don't throw it away. And with Falcon 9, we've managed to make the booster reusable and the fairing nose cone reusable, but not the upper stage. So so we've made, the, I think, the most progress in reusability that has ever been done. But with Starship, we're hoping to make the whole thing reusable. This is... Uh, this is profound. Like I said, it's difference. It's, it is the difference between humanity being a single planet species and a multi-planet species. It's it, it's really that that big of a deal. All right. Again, he mentions that he's going to give a Cybertruck update in early 2022 with the earnings call. So that is great. I'm very excited about that. Neuralink is somebody that's in, that works in a job where I could potentially become paralyzed on any given day. I really love that they are working on this because, uh, one, is I know several people who would benefit from this, but two, a more selfish reason is someday I might benefit from this. So I'm really looking forward to that. Um, when Elon was talking about the Starship and how hard it is and how much that he's doubted lately about it ever being able to actually be something they can accomplish that really brought out the humanity in him. And I really like to see it like 
we all have that inner voice. It's like, you can't do this. It's impossible. You'll never be able to do it. And you got to work against that inner voice. And it's nice to, to see somebody who's had so many accomplishments and has such a great team surrounding him also has the same doubts that, you know, a guy in his basement standing in front of a mic talking to you right now has. So it was really cool to see or to hear because I saw it. You guys are hearing it. All right. That is it for me this week. I will. <laughs> I will say that um, Elon was was in rare form. Like I mentioned that he was charming, but he 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 was very entertaining. And I probably cut between 15 and 18 minutes out of this. So I, I'm going to put the link in the show notes. Go and watch the whole thing. It was really, really good. So hopefully this was enough to whet your appetite. And then, yeah, that's it for me. If you want to email me, it's Bodie, B-O-D-I-E at 918digital.com. You can find me on Twitter at 918digital. I hope you all have a wonderful week, and I will talk to you next Friday. You know what? I should let you, I should let you know I'm in class all next week, and it's two weeks before Christmas. I don't know how much I'm going to be able to get done uh, for the show next week because, uh, I'm, I'm literally in class. I'm going to learn how to become a drone pilot. I'm super excited about this. Uh, but that's going to take up most of my time. So we will still have a show. I'm just not sure if it'll be 45 minutes long. All right, everybody have a great week. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. When you make decisions for your company, you look for the no-brainers. And if you have a lot of mailing to do, stamps.com is the ultimate no-brainer. It streamlines your processes to make your business more efficient, which makes you less busy. Mail checks, invoices, legal documents, and everything you need to keep your business running with Stamps.com. Seamlessly connect with every major marketplace and shopping cart. Schedule package pickups and see your cheapest and fastest shipping options from different carriers. With rates up to 89% off USPS and UPS rates. And with the Stamps.com mobile app, you can take care of mailing and shipping wherever you are. Make the same no-brainer decision as over 1 million other businesses with Stamps.com. Sign up with Code Program for a 4-week trial, plus free postage and a free digital scale. No long-term commitments or contracts. That's Stamps.com. Code Program.